You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right, teams will be getting back out on the diamond this week. Last year's season sure was different, but that doesn't mean it lacked excitement and this year is poised to be even better. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament, UFC, as well as hockey, basketball, and all other sports. With millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, there's no better place to play or to have skin in the game than with the best sports daily fantasy app in DraftKings. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Monday, March 29th. It is Ian Cameron with you, and it is Ian Cameron flying solo today because uh, we've got a shorthanded team, uh, unfortunately, at the Ice Guys today. Late scratches for both Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy today um, for health reasons. They're fine, uh, just a little under the weather today, but... Uh, uh, hoping they're back uh, with me uh, and alongside me on the show uh, as early as tomorrow. Uh, but uh, stuck with me, unfortunately, again, uh, for this uh, Monday uh, edition of the show. Uh, and an interesting uh, NHL card to break down here on this Monday. Uh, we'll get to each and every game from a betting perspective. Uh, it is a uh, Monday card with some pretty inter- intriguing matchups. We're going to have the Oilers and the Leafs one more time, the Islanders and the Penguins. Uh, so a lot of interesting games to break down. Uh, again, we're battling a little bit of a shorthanded roster here with the ice guys, kind of like the Pittsburgh Penguins, who we'll talk about in just a second. But hey, just like the Penguins are taking the ice and playing through it, we're playing through it here uh, on the show uh, as well. So uh, looking forward uh, to breaking down this Monday uh, NHL slate. Hope everybody uh, had a good weekend. Uh, let's get to it. We'll start with the New York Islanders taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've got uh, pretty much even money here on both sides, minus 110. Uh, but with the Islanders and the Penguins in this matchup in Pittsburgh, total five and a half 
shaded to the under just a little bit here uh, in this game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, taking care of business. Very impressive win head-to-head -head in the first meeting against the Islanders on Saturday night. A 6-3 to three victory uh, in favor of the Penguins. Uh, they played some really strong hockey uh, in that game. The Islanders, not one of their uh, better games defensively. And uh, they don't uh, have games very often where you say they give up six goals in a game, but it's exactly what happened. Pittsburgh's played the Islanders very well this season. Uh, that victory on Saturday, 6-3, to three, uh, makes Pittsburgh now 5-2 and head-to-head -head against the Islanders this season. Uh, and basically now they're only uh, two points behind the Islanders uh, here in the East Division. So it was a big win, and obviously Pittsburgh surging up the standings Really, they've done it because of a home record that's been outstanding. I think they're 15-4, and four, this Pittsburgh Penguins team, uh, on home ice this season. Uh, they've played outstanding hockey uh, at home. I think what's really uh, impressive about Saturday's win for Pittsburgh is this is a decimated team right now due to injuries, and yet they were still able to overcome that you know, and pick up a very good win against a very, very strong Islanders team. You look at the guys that are out of this lineup right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're playing without three of their top four centers, including Evgeny Malkin and Teddy Bluger. Five of their top nine forwards out. They have an entire second line that normally is in the lineup for them. Malkin, Kapanen, Zucker, uh, all of those guys are out right now. Uh, they are a very, very injury-plagued hockey team, particularly up front at this point in time. And yet to still see uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins beat a quality team like the Islanders Saturday night, very impressive. I can't say Ilya Sorokin, though, was as impressive for the New York Islanders. He made a rare start uh, the other uh, night against Pittsburgh. He'd actually won his uh, eight straight starts prior to Saturday, but it was not one of his better games. He allowed just four goals on not, he allowed four goals on just nine shots uh, the other night. He got pulled. Uh, I would expect Semyon Varlamov to be uh, in net again for the uh, New York Islanders uh, tonight in this game uh, and in a bounce back type of spot for them. They are 8-4, and four, the Islanders, off a loss this season uh, going into this game. Uh, Pittsburgh's a tough team to go against at, on, at home right now. There's no denying that. And I've now said this about you know two weeks straight here on the Ice Guys show, that the emergence of a brand-new front office with Ron Hextall, the GM, Brian Burke, the president of hockey operations, I think it's really gotten these players to focus, dig in, and say, you know what, we, we, we want to show you that we're still a very good hockey team, we want to show you that we can be a playoff team, and we want to show you that if we get in the playoffs, we can be dangerous and we can beat teams, maybe go on a run, and maybe challenge to win a Stanley Cup. And for a lot of these guys, you know, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, the guys that have been around this Pittsburgh team for a very long time that are now in their 30s, they don't know how many more cracks at the Stanley Cup they're going to get. So they are playing with an extremely uh, inc incredible amount of, of purpose uh, going into this game tonight. Uh for the Penguins playing extremely good uh, at this point in time. Uh, we'll have to see if it continues. I like this spot, though, for the Islanders. And again, I, I, it's it's not an easy team right now to fade at home, Pittsburgh, and fade overall with the way they've played. But I, I like the Islanders, the situation for them. Varlamov's going to be in net. They're 8-4 and four off a loss. They don't want to lose back-to-back -back games against Pittsburgh, who are now nipping at their heels uh, in the East Division standings. They are a very good defensive team that usually when they have a bad defensive game, you go back and look in the last couple of seasons when they played poorly in one game, giving up five, six goals, they're usually very good the next game defensively, and they usually win the next game in that spot. I like the Islanders. I think it's a great setup for them here. Minus 105, minus 110. The price is very good. 
Uh, I think they're still the better team slightly over this Penguins team, even though Pittsburgh's playing well. Pittsburgh's still not healthy, and I give them credit for the wins they've been able to get with all the guys they have out of the lineup. But at some point, you know, the, you're not going to be able to overcome all of these injuries, all of these key absences, and still be able to win the game. You look at advanced numbers over the last 10 games, the Islanders are better expected goals percentage, expected goal margin, high danger chances. The Islanders are better in all those categories. I think I've got the better team in a bounce back spot in a rare defensive shoddy effort for them. You don't see the Islanders give up five or six very often. I like them to bounce back and I like the Islanders here at minus 110 uh, to get the victory against the uh, Penguins tonight. Uh, next game, we've got the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto uh, minus 140 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total six and a half. Uh, great game between the Oilers and Leafs the other night. It really was. It was a uh, uh, an exciting game. The Edmonton Oilers uh, gave you that effort that I thought they would coming off the three game, you know, really shellacking they took at the hands of Toronto back in Edmonton earlier this season. They had several days off thanks to the multiple uh, COVID-19 postponements with their games against Montreal last week. And they came out and they played an outstanding first couple of periods uh, against Toronto uh, on Saturday night, three to one lead. Uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid made a couple of unbelievable plays with the puck uh, in the offensive zone uh, to set up a couple of those goals. The pass he made McDavid to Dreisaitl for the one-time blast uh, to beat Jack Campbell. I think that was the two-to-one goal for Edmonton. And then you look after that, it was an unbelievable eyes-in-the-back-of-his-head type of backhand pass from behind the leaf net out in front to a pinching Tyson Berry coming in from his right point spot and, and just beating uh, Jack Campbell with a great shot, but it was the pass from Dreisaitl behind the net that was just outstanding. That's just that's the kind of play that only a select few uh, players in the National Hockey League can make. And, and Leon Dreisaitl's pass from behind the net, backhand, no look, puts it right on the tape still of Barry. Uh, outstanding. Uh, and Edmonton was looking great at that point in the game. Took a 3-1 to one lead uh, into the second intermission, but... Toronto really came out, uh, really put the pressure on Edmonton in the third period, swarming the Oilers in the offensive zone. Uh, and for the first 10 minutes of that third period, uh, they were clinging to that 3-1 lead. And Mike Smith, I'll tell you what, even in a losing effort Saturday night, he was brilliant, I thought. He made a ton of great saves. He continues to play very well night in and night out for this Oilers team. Give them a chance. Uh, and he really kept the Leafs at bay. But finally, when the Leafs just kept basically just charging the offensive zone in waves in that third period. And finally, the, the dam burst, the roof caved in, uh, whatever analogy you want to use, uh, and the Leafs made it 3-2. Uh, and then they got the tying goal from Nylander to make it 3-3. Three, three. Uh, and then over time, the momentum was all with Toronto. And, and Austin Matthews, who was like stoned by Mike Smith like two or three different times in that game, brilliant chances, and Mike Smith makes saves on him. And yet uh, he gets one of the most lucky you know, you know, weird goals that you'll ever imagine to get bust out of his little mini little scoring slump with the overtime winner uh, to give the Leafs a comeback 4-3 win. Really tough loss, disappointing, disheartening loss for Edmonton because they had the right response early in the game, came out strong, weren't able to sustain it for 60 minutes. The Leafs took the game to Edmonton in the third period uh, and ended up coming back to win that game. So now the rematch and Initially, I was like, boy, you know what? Edmonton, uh, they let that one slip away. They may not get it back again because Toronto didn't pl uh, play their best for two periods and still came back to win. But 
we got some surprising news this morning out of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs morning skate press conference that Jack Campbell, who you know has played great every time he's been in net this season, he's undefeated as a starter. What five and zero now this season as a starter? Uh, Jack Campbell finally plays two games in a row. It finally looks like he's putting this injury that he's had behind him. And sure enough, here's Sheldon Keith this morning announcing that, well, he had a little bit of a setback yesterday. He wasn't really feeling all that great in practice on Sunday, the, the day after the Edmonton game on Saturday night. He didn't quite feel 100%. And as a result, we're going to rest him tonight. And of course, Frederick Anderson is still out indefinitely. We don't know when he's coming back. So it's Michael Hutchinson who's going to be in net tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, a surprise starter. Uh, there's been this setback. And all of a sudden, if you're uh, Kyle Dubas, the GM, and if you're a Leaf fan, this is concerning. This is alarming because you got Freddie Anderson out indefinitely. You don't know when you're going to get him back. Uh, Jack Campbell's awesome when he's in net. And you're, you're getting excited because now he's going to have this opportunity to play, you know, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row and really show you what he can do when they give him the net night in and night out to see if he can be that guy in net consistently as a number one guy, as a starter, at least until Anderson gets healthy. And now he has a setback with his injuries, uh, with his injury. And now he's, you know, at least for tonight, they're going to rest him. It's concerning for Toronto big time. And now all of a sudden you got to pivot if you're Kyle Dubas and you hear all these people in the media talking about, you need another top six forward. You need another defenseman. You need, you need to bulk up those areas going into the trade deadline, going into the playoffs. And now all of a sudden you may have to look for a goalie. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm not shitting anybody saying this. You have to legitimately consider that they may actually have to go outside the organization for goaltending help. If A, Anderson ain't coming back anytime soon, that's number one. Number two, what if this Jack Campbell, we've seen this with Jack Campbell now a couple times. All of a sudden, a mini little, oh, a little rest, just didn't feel quite well. Just a little, you know, aggravation and, and, and some pain. We're going to give him a day. We're going to give him a couple of days. And a couple of days turns into a couple of weeks, turns into a couple of months. You know, we've seen this with Jack Campbell before. So you got to be worried about that. Hopefully that's not the case this time. Maybe this is just be cautious, be careful with him. He's coming off an injury. He's played a couple games. It's not something he's used to. Maybe he's feeling a little tender today. We'll give him the night off. Don't worry about it. We think long-term he's fine. We'll see if we can get him back in the net uh, Wednesday when they play the Winnipeg Jets for another big game on deck for the Leafs. But it's concerning. You know, it absolutely is. And Hutchinson's in net tonight. And yeah, he's had a couple games. He's played well. Wasn't the last time he was in net. He hasn't been in net since that Ottawa game on that Sunday night. And he gave up two of the worst goals a goaltender could ever give up. You know, right through the wickets, right along the ice. An NHL goalie's got to make those saves. There was no screen, nobody in front, no deflection. It went right through him. Both of those goals that Ottawa scored in the first 10 minutes uh, of that hockey game. Uh, that worries the, the the hell out of you if you're a Leaf fan. Uh, what Hutchinson is it going to be tonight? Because he actually has shown you this season some good moments in that, some good performances. But he's also given up you know, just two absolute shitty goals, two of the worst goals you'll ever see uh, anybody give up the last time he was in net against Ottawa. And, of course, he got pulled in that game. And Frederick Anderson actually had to finish that game that night against the Ottawa Senators. So, you know, that, that's dicey with Hutchinson. It's like, you know, flip a coin. 
who's going to be who's going to be in net? Is it going to be a good performance? Is it going to be a bad performance? You don't know. Uh, you would think the Leafs now, knowing it's Hutchinson and net, you know, all the more reason to dig in defensively, be solid. You know, don't give him the grade A chances to have to save. Make him make him face shots that he should be able to handle. Of course, as I just said, you know, when he played Ottawa uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was given shots that he should have been able to handle, and he couldn't handle them. They went through him. They went in the net. So from that standpoint, I worry about the Leafs here with Hutchinson and net tonight. And he's facing, a uh, you know, two of the best offensive players in the league in Dreisaitl and McDavid, you know, probably in an ornery mood too after seeing a 3-1 lead evaporate Saturday night in a 4-3 overtime loss. So I, I am back on Edmonton, and I wasn't expecting to be. I wasn't expecting to be because I took Edmonton Saturday night at the plus price and was very, very discouraged to see them uh, not finish the deal, not close out that victory. Uh, against the Leafs but there's just too much uncertainty with Hutchinson right now you got to hope Edmonton looks at that game as wow you know we probably should have won that game kind of let them off the hook we pulled the Denny Green we let them off the hook uh, in the third period uh, on Saturday night don't get discouraged you still had your best performance head-to-head this season you've had against Toronto build on that uh, if you're the Edmonton Oilers Darnell Nurse continues to be outstanding uh, for this Oilers team on the blue line, by the way. I never thought he had this kind of offense in him. No, uh, not not a chance. Uh, but he's been he's been always been pretty steady defensively. He's got that physical presence to him. He's got that edge. He's got that bite. He doesn't mind throwing his weight around. He doesn't mind dropping the gloves every now and then, which I like. Uh, but I didn't think he had this kind of offensive upside in him uh, to, to shoot the puck, to score goals, you know, and, and he's been able to do that this season with uh, pr- uh, pretty impressive regularity, uh, Darnell Nurse. He's having a hell of a season. I'm not just saying that because he's from, you know, where? Hamilton. Uh, no, but he's playing, having a really, really good season uh, right now for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, and, of course, he scores another goal the other night. Uh, the Maple Leafs power play also continues to be an issue. 0 for 18 slump with the man advantage. That's hard to believe. With this talent and Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares, uh uh, and Hyman and, and everybody that the Leafs have at their disposal uh, to be able to score goals offensively, to see, see them on an 0 for 18 slump with the man advantage is pretty frightening, pretty surprising. Uh, we'll see if they can bounce out of it tonight. But uh, I like Edmonton here, plus 130, plus 125. Price has already come down just a little bit because probably reaction to the Michael Hutchinson news uh, that he is uh, uh, that he is in debt uh, for the Leafs tonight, not Jack Campbell. Uh, but again, Edmonton played their best game of the season against Toronto. Uh, you just hope that it's a 60-minute effort tonight. I think if it is, they've got themselves a chance. Again, Toronto's power play is still not clicking. They're still not finishing their chances. Their numbers look great. Expected goal margin looks great. Expected goals for percentage looks great. High danger chances. You want to see something that's uh, tells you that the puck luck is not there right now for Toronto. I'll, I'll bring the numbers up here. i got to get my... Uh, phone out because I got the uh, the uh, I put the uh, advanced numbers on there because uh, I got too many windows open on the uh, laptop here and if I have too many windows open it's going to slow down the stream and I don't want that uh, but anyway the Leafs have generated 105 high danger scoring chances and yet they've only scored nine high danger goals that tells you that this is just an absurd amount of bad luck bad shooting percentage for the Leaf players bad puck luck, whatever you want to call it. But they're under normal circumstances, 105 
high danger scoring chances should result in more than nine high danger goals. Way more than that. So there's something, something's missing here. Uh, something's off right now with Toronto. They're just not bad puck luck, bad shooting. They're, they're generating those good chances. That's just in the last 10 games, by the way. That's not full season numbers. Those are the last 10 games. Toronto has generated over 100 high danger chances, and yet they only have nine high danger goals. So at some point, you know, things have got to improve for this Leaf offense. They're going to have an outburst at some point. The stats bear it out. You know, you can only go this long, uh, I think, with being snake bit offensively, collectively as a team. Uh, I just hope it's not tonight because <laughs> I like Edmonton here, plus 130 in this game. Uh, I lean over the total as well. You can't help but lean over when you see Michael Hutchinson's name uh, as the starting goaltender. And you did see the game go over the total on Saturday night. But again, six and a half, and we're seeing a lot of unders lately in the NHL. It's not like you're getting a great, great number, a great value here. So uh, lean to the over. Yeah, Dylan Turner with a great comment. Galchenyuk ever going to do anything for any team he plays for? He's getting he's an, he's kind of what I just uh, spoke of with the Leafs as a team. It's kind of like what we're seeing with Galchenyuk. He's getting chances. He's getting opportunities. He's just not finishing them right now. And in fact, you could say that for the most part, that's been the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last few weeks, getting those high danger chances, not turning them into high danger goals. So we'll see if that uh, changes for them and the uh, script flips just a little bit moving forward. Next game, we've got the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Buffalo Sabres, Philadelphia, minus 180 to minus 190 road favorites, total six shaded to the under. Uh, my first observation when I saw this betting line is how bad do the Buffalo Sabres have to be when the Philadelphia Flyers are a minus 190 road favorite against them? Uh, and that's exactly what uh, stuck out to me here in this game. Now, let's give some credit to the Flyers. You know, it's been a rough go for them. Their defensive game has been in shambles for the better part of the last two or three weeks. Their goaltending has been non-existent. Uh, and things have gotten so bad for Carter Hart that Alain Vigneault today, head coach of the Flyers, said, you know what? He's not even with the team right now. We're sending him away. You know, it's like going to the mosque and you need meditation uh, and you got to go away from everybody. I need my time. I need my solace. I need my serenity. I need my peace and quiet. It's almost like this is what they're doing right now, Philadelphia to Carter Hart. You know, he's struggling. Get out of the, get away from the team, you know, get away from the noise and everybody's saying you suck and, and you're fighting the puck. And people like me always saying that, hey, he's having a bad run right now. And he is, he is having a bad run. He is having a horrendous run without question for the Philadelphia Flyers in net. There's no denying that whatsoever. You know, you're not splitting the atom and figuring out when you watch a Flyer game that Carter Hart's struggling right now. You know, you don't have to be uh, Mr. Genius to discover that or realize that. You know, he is just having a really, really tough time right now uh, in terms of uh, fighting the puck. Uh, and yeah, uh, he, he, he didn't mince words. Vigneault. He said he had to work harder. He had to play better. He had to work harder. He had to work better was the phrase he used uh, about Carter Hart. And uh, so that 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 you don't want to hear. Talking about work harder, work better. I mean, you, you're talking about a kid that is barely wet behind the ears, that's been praised as maybe the best goaltender that the Philadelphia Flyers have had since Bernie Perrant and Ron Hextall. This guy is all of a sudden resting on people just already showering him with praise that he's going to be the best goalie that Philly has seen in decades and not put in the work not put in the time, not practice as hard or as well as his teammates. If that's true, and that's kind of what Alain Vigneault is saying about Carter Hart, then shame on Carter Hart. 
I mean, you haven't proven a damn thing yet in this league. You had, you had a nice season last year. You got your team into the playoffs, but you start hearing this stuff from the coach publicly. And the fact he's not scared to express these views publicly would worry me even more about where his headspace is right now, uh, Carter Hart, at this point in time. Uh, you know, so don't buy into the praise. Don't buy into the, to your own hype, to what people are saying when you were in a good groove last year. You've still got to work hard. You've still got to tweak your game and improve. You know, and apparently work ethic is an issue for him. Carter Hart at this point, according to the coach. So he's not with the team, which means it's Brian Elliott uh, in net tonight for the Flyers. And it will be Brian Elliott probably for at least a couple games. They've already ruled Carter Hart out for these two games back to back against Buffalo. Uh, we'll see if the, fly the Flyers did play better defensively against the Rangers. They held the shots on goal lower. Elliott was solid. Uh, can they do it again, though? Was that a remember? This is a team that has been beyond bad defensively for weeks. They have one pretty good game defensively. Is it enough to say it's everything's going to be right again? They can keep this going. Of course, they're playing an opponent where, yeah, maybe they can keep this going because the Buffalo Sabres are that bad this season. But I'm not ready to trust Philadelphia as a road favorite and Brian Elliott. And if any of you um, tune in late night uh, at midnight Eastern to uh, my good friend, longtime friend, I've known him for a decade, uh, Gabe Morenci. Uh, on Sports Rage, uh, late night, his show on Sports Grid Radio. I said last Wednesday when I was on the show with him, he asked me a good question. When are the Buffalo Sabres going to win? You know, when are they finally going to win the, and snap the losing streak? And I thought just looking at the schedule that one of their better chances to snap the skid would be tonight, hosting the Philadelphia Flyers at home, a struggling Flyers team, uh, a team that's defensively, their their confidence has been shattered. Their goaltending is very, very... Uh, vulnerable right now I think Brian Elliott maybe a little bit more reliable than Carter Hart but that's not saying much Elliott's numbers aren't very good he's struggling as well for the most part I thought and I said this to Morenci that I thought this would be the time that the Buffalo Sabres might get that win I am on Buffalo here now I've been a good I've been a good foot soldier here and I haven't been tempted at any point during this horrendous losing streak for the Buffalo Sabres to back them at all these huge plus prices they've been getting because of how bad they've been. Um, but I think tonight's the night to sprinkle a little bit on Buffalo. This is going to be a small bet for me. How can it be anything but a small bet with the way the Sabres have gone? But you're talking about plus 170, plus 175 here uh, in this game, a Flyers team that I don't trust in this road favorite range or their defense to do it two games in a row. Uh, you know, I like Giroux and I like the forwards up front, but you know, defense has been an issue. And I'll say this about the Sabres on Saturday against Boston. They're that close to winning the game, that close. They're actually going into the third period Saturday afternoon uh, against the Boston Bruins with a two-to-one lead. But you know what happens? Buffalo goes Buffalo on us. They lose the lead. They lose the game uh, three to two. But I saw a step up in effort. I saw a step up in we give a damn. I actually saw them getting in some scrums during the game, which means that they are totally mentally checked out. I actually saw a, a, an honest, competitive, we kind of care about what's going on here effort from the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday afternoon against the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, and again, 3-2. And Linus Allmark being back, he's not a great goalie by any stretch. But damn, he is the absolute best goalie they've got in this organization right now. And he is still better than Carter Hutton. 
by a mile. And he is better than Jonas Johansson, who was so bad he got shipped out of town to Colorado. And he's better than Dustin Tokarski, who, of course, got a cup of coffee in the couple of games against Pittsburgh and really didn't play all that great. He, he's not the best goalie in the world, Linus Allmark, but Linus Allmark is the best they've got, gives them the best chance, they any chance to win, if, whether they have any chance to win. He's at least going to give them whatever chance they have to win a hockey game. He will. Uh, so I, I do like Buffalo here. I do like the over as well. Cause I think the Sabres can score on this Philly team. Philly can score on Buffalo. There's no question about that. Anybody can score uh, on the Buffalo Sabres right now. So I do think the game goes over the total as well. So I'm on Buffalo, a uh, plus 170 and over six plus 100 with the Flyers and the Sabres, uh, Anaheim taking on Colorado. Uh, this is definitely one of the biggest favorites we've seen all season. In the NHL, we Colorado most. We're talking minus four twenty money line home favorite here for the Colorado Avalanche against the Anaheim Ducks. Total five and a half shaded to the over uh, in this one. When I look at this game, it's it's right away the thing that stands out for Anaheim is horrendous scheduling spot. There is no way to go about it other than this is a brutal situation for Anaheim. They played a late afternoon. Sunday game against the St. Louis Blues. And if anybody watched that game, you know, it was physical. It was intense. It was very, very, every inch of ice was contested. It was one of those tight checking. Hard, you had to work hard. You had to actually, you know, you had to sweat, you know, to get through that hockey game. It was play. It was a hard, heavy hockey game with the Ducks and the Blues last night uh, in that game. And I'm rallies from a two nothing deficit, ties the game. And then they win it in overtime, three to two. Great comeback by Anaheim, although I think it's more of an indictment about just how bad things are going with the St. Louis Blues right now uh, at this point in time. And I'll give Anthony Stolarz uh, a lot of credit. Surprise starter, last-minute starter, because John Gibson is now day-to-day again uh, due to injury. Uh, and they decided, you know what, Ryan Miller's been uh, too inconsistent. Let's give Anthony Stolarz a shot here. Dallas Aiken's given him uh, the starting opportunity, he struggled in the first period. I think he was kind of nervous, fighting the puck a little bit. But, boy, was he ever good the last two periods in overtime. Uh, he was excellent for the Anaheim Ducks uh, and helping them get that comeback win. He kept it 2 nothing. He didn't allow St. Louis to get that third goal. A couple of big penalty kills as well for Anaheim. Uh, and then they ended up uh, – and it ended up allowing them uh, to come back uh, and win that game. So uh, very, very impressive resolve there from – uh, the Anaheim Ducks uh, to get that victory uh, against uh, St. Louis. But now they're on a back-to-back on the road, third road game in four nights. Oh, and you're in the high altitude, thin air of Denver uh, in Colorado for this game. This is a brutal spot for Anaheim. No question about that. However, you could also say it's a little bit of a dubious spot for Colorado. You just played two almost like playoff games back-to-back against the Vegas Golden Knights, a team you're battling with for first place uh, in the division. You split the two games. You won the uh, first game comfortably. Uh, and then Vegas, uh, uh, very impressed with Vegas, by the way, to win the second game in overtime. They showed you that they have a little character. They have a little metal. They're pretty tough, too, uh, in terms of mentally tough, in terms of they're a pretty damn good hockey team as well. They kind of showed you that Saturday against Colorado to bounce back after really being schooled by the Avalanche in the first game, come back and win in overtime. Marc-Andre Fleury was much better, and they carried the play to Colorado Saturday. So give the Golden Knights full marks for that win. Uh, so it could go either way. You could see Colorado let down after two big games against Vegas. 
I'm not so sure because Colorado's off a loss. Remember that. Maybe if they're off a win, there is a letdown here. Off a loss, though, we know they're pretty good. But when they're off that kind of in that kind of situation, uh, I would expect them to play better here tonight. I think they win the game. I actually have a parlay, a very rare uh, parlay, uh, and we know that the last time I did this, it didn't work uh, with Calgary and with uh, Minnesota. It was Calgary that uh, killed the parlay. Uh, but I think this is a pretty reliable parlay. It's two teams, and the first one is Colorado uh, in the parlay tonight. I think they win the game. I mean, they, they have way more offense than Anaheim. Uh, they're rested. They're back home. Anaheim's in a brutal spot. Second road game in a row in as many days, and in high altitude, thin area. They could be. They could really hit the wall physically as this game goes on. Uh, I think Colorado does win this game. Uh, Colorado puck line first period. Yes, I like that as well. Colorado puck line. Minus a half goal, first period, uh, which is around, I believe it's around minus 105, minus 110 uh, in that range. Uh, let me see if I can bring up the latest uh, numbers for that. That makes sense to me, that maybe jump on Anaheim in the first period with Colorado off that frustrating uh, defeat to Vegas uh, on Saturday. Uh, that definitely is a bet that interests me. Colorado puck line, minus a half, minus 110. It means if they are leading after the first period, uh you cash your ticket. I think there's a good chance of that. I don't know who's going to be in net for Anaheim because Gibson is probably not going to be available. Uh, I doubt he's going to be in tonight uh, after not playing yesterday. It's either Miller or they go back to Anthony Stolarz. And the question is, with Stolarz getting his first win, he did face a lot of shots yesterday. Do they go back to him on the second of back-to-back or do they go with Miller? I think this becomes an even stronger uh, bet with Colorado in some form with the first period puck line and, you know, in, in a parlay of some kind, I think it gets even stronger if Ryan Miller's in that tonight uh, for the uh, Colorado or for the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, I like Colorado here, first period puck line minus 110. And also uh, Colorado is one uh, leg to a two team parlay uh, that I have tonight. Uh, next up, we've got Los Angeles and Vegas. We don't have to wait long for the second part of that parlay. Uh, Vegas uh, minus 220. Uh, home favorites, five and a half the total. And yes, Vegas is the other part of the parlay. Two-team parlay, Colorado-Vegas. It's around minus 125 to get both of those teams in a two-team parlay. Makes sense to me. I think Vegas beats LA. LA's kind of tailed off. They petered out. They fought the good fight. They've really uh, given you a pretty good effort uh, most of the season, uh, this uh, LA Kings team. But they're really starting to slip now the last few. Uh, things are starting to uh, carry over south, uh, carry uh, go south a little bit. Uh, for this LA Kings team, uh, you know, they're now five points behind St. Louis for fourth in the division. They can actually still make the playoffs if they make a run, but uh, they're de definitely uh, starting to slump a little bit more. Uh, wasn't very impressed with them losing back-to-back -back games to the San Jose Sharks the way they did. Uh, that doesn't bode well here against this Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, Vegas back home where they have a, obviously an excellent record uh, at T-Mobile Arena this season. Uh, Max Pacioretty, um, continues to be excellent for this team. Uh, he had an assist uh, in um, with Alec Martinez's uh, goal. Uh, and of course, uh, Max Pacioretty uh, <clears throat> getting the uh, overtime winner uh, against the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, over the weekend. Uh, just really impressive performance from him of late. Uh, he is leading the team in goals, 18. Uh, needs just two more goals, Pacioretty, to hit 300 uh, in his career. So it's been a very, very good performance. Uh, very, very good uh, career offensively for him. I know he gets nitpicked and criticized sometimes for, you know, defensively away from the puck. Sometimes he could be better. I, I don't argue with that. 
but definitely at the offensive side, uh, he's had a very nice career for himself here. Uh, the LA Kings too, Cal Peterson. I like him as a goalie, but he's definitely struggled. He's been fighting the puck a little bit lately. Uh, that's a concern for me. Uh, the Kings, like I said, they lose two in a row to uh, San Jose. Uh, that's not necessarily something I like seeing. Their defensive game has kind of uh, declined a little bit uh, the last few games they've played. I think Vegas, yeah, I mean, you could say let down for them too off the two against Colorado that they played, but I just don't think LA's playing well enough uh, in the short term to take advantage. And Vegas, to me, I think can still uh, get the job done. So I like them uh, as the second part of that two-team parlay with Colorado. Uh, so it's the Avs and the Golden Knights, two-team parlay, minus 125 for me. Uh, and I also like the over in this game. I like the over in this game because L.A. is regressing defensively. It's actually been an over-trending series history with the Kings and the Golden Knights. Most of their head-to-head -head games have gone over total. Uh, I expect more of the same here. And there is also a possibility that uh, Robin Leonard is your goalie tonight uh, because uh, the, 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 Peter DeBoer kind of wants to go back and forth with uh, – Flurry and Leonard. He didn't do that on Saturday because I think he wanted to give uh, Flurry the chance to bounce back from the loss that he suffered against Colorado on Thursday. Uh, he did that. Yes, it is going to be Leonard tonight. Uh, not confirmed, but likely uh, that Leonard uh, is going to be in net for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So again, he, he's been hasn't played a lot this year. So there's chances that the Kings could find some offense, which is also why uh, I like this game over the total tonight, five and a half. Over five and a half, minus 110. All right, next game, Winnipeg taking on Calgary. We've got the Calgary Flames, minus 115. Home favorites here, five and a half, the total in this game. Um, you know, it shouldn't be a huge surprise uh, that I'm liking Winnipeg here in this game. Uh, they're off a loss. You know how many times that I have been betting Winnipeg this year uh, in games following a loss. And now this is, once again, that same situation. Uh, they've only lost two games in a row, Winnipeg, twice, maybe three times this year at the most. Uh, that's about it. So I expect them to be better tonight. Look, Calgary did what, you know, I guess you could have said you might maybe expected them to show up, you know, finally have a really, really strong 60-minute game after Daryl Sutter basically read them the riot act after losing to Winnipeg, saying we didn't show up, we were taking too many penalties, we were undisciplined. All of this stuff, like he gave uh, obviously his team uh, the full uh, frontal assault, you know, for their poor game against Winnipeg. They lost only three two, but the final score was deceiving. Winnipeg controlled that game start to finish. Uh, there's no denying that uh, whatsoever. Uh, so in this case here, um, we've got the uh, Calgary Flames bouncing back Saturday four two win against Winnipeg. Yeah, they were better. But and and it's unfortunate because on Saturday's show I talked about how you know I didn't mind Laurent Brossois being in net. He's had a great season for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, he he just happens to be coming off probably the worst game he's had all season. The the two goals Calgary scored in the third period they were awful goals to give up by Laurent Brossois, and that's unfortunate because he's had a very good season. Saturday was not one of his best games. It was actually probably his worst game uh, this season. I mean, that one goal that made it 3-2 from Andrew Mangiapane, uh, that's basically right along the ice. I know it took a little deflection, but it's still, there's enough time for you to track the puck, make the save, instead it goes right through him uh, to get the uh, Calgary Flames the lead in the third period, and then they add to it with a 4-2 uh, goal. And I, I think even that goal, uh, Laurent Brossois could have stopped it. So it was a tough night for him. 
I think some shaky goaltending contributed to Calgary being able to win the other night. Uh, they definitely played better. Johnny Gaudreau was uh, definitely in the crosshairs of the head coach with that legendary Daryl Sutter statement on Saturday when asked about Johnny Gaudreau playing in his 500th game. And he said, well, he better just have more energy than he did in his 499th game. And he did it in that stoic, deadpan expression that he always has. It's absolutely hysterical. Uh, I'm sure many of you have seen it by now. And Johnny Gaudreau responded. Uh, we'll give him credit. It's not been a very good run for him lately. What, he had one goal uh, in his last, like, nine games uh, prior to Saturday night. But he, he didn't score Saturday night, but he had two assists. He was more noticeable. He was better on the forecheck. He had more chances on net, so uh, it was definitely good to see that from Gaudreau after his coach basically had some pretty harsh words publicly for his recent play. Uh, so Calgary bounced back there. I'm going to need to see Calgary play good again because it's one thing to respond immediately after your coach just uh, really uh, you know, criticizes you uh, publicly like that, but can you sustain it? I still think this team is, is, needs to show it consistently, one game to the next. Uh, and Winnipeg, I know what I get from them after a loss. I get a good game from them. I get a bounce-back effort. You're going to see Connor Hellebuck back in net, who's been outstanding uh, as of late for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to need to be convinced that Saturday night was nothing more than a uh, – was was more than just a uh, one uh, a blip on the radar, you know, and I'm not sure it was. Uh, it could very well be that, hey, uh, Sutter was uh, pretty angry, pretty pissed off, basically called out the entire team, including Gaudreau, and then they played a great game. And is it sustainable? Can they can they make this run? I still don't think this team's playing great. I still don't think their best players are consistent game in and game out and show up every game. Uh, their defense has been kind of disappointing. Uh, like I say, Mark Giordano's the captain, and I'd like to see him get angry every now and then when you're playing this poorly, but that doesn't seem to happen with him. He's too nice of a guy. Uh, so I, I just need to see it from Calgary in terms of consistency and Winnipeg off a loss. I'm interested. I still think they're better than Calgary. The price is only even money. In fact, they were opening. They did open a slight road underdog in this game. Uh, now we're seeing even money, but I like uh, Winnipeg here around plus 100 minus 105 uh, is where the current price is with the jets. I think they get the victory here tonight uh, against the Calgary flames. Uh, we wrap it up with our final game on the slate, Minnesota wild San Jose sharks, Minnesota minus 155. Road favorites, total five and a half shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have been amazing at home. Can they keep it going on the road is the question mark. Uh, they have been just amazing on home ice. Uh, they've struggled on the road, but mostly against good teams. You know, they didn't play well in Colorado. They didn't play well in Vegas. Well, San Jose is in Colorado and San Jose is in Vegas. There's a big difference uh, between uh, those two. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, the Wild are playing some excellent hockey. I have no interest stepping in front of them right now. And even Cam Talbot, you know, has played really, really well uh, as of late in net for the uh, Wild. And he's actually gotten more of the starts lately than Kakinen. So uh, he figures to start in net again here uh, to, on Monday night uh, against this uh, San Jose team. Uh, the Sharks, uh, obviously that was Martin Jones just playing well against the Kings as to why they beat the Kings because they had a chance to – you know, they were starting to play better, San Jose. You know, they beat St. Louis. They had two in a row against L.A. They won. Their defense was playing a little bit better. Martin Jones was giving them some saves. Things were starting to look up a little for San Jose. And then, wham, right back to that team where uh, coming into the season, I thought this team wasn't going to be very good. And they look like that team that wasn't supposed to be very good this season. Uh, 
when they lost back-to-back this weekend to the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, they just didn't play well uh, in either one of those games. Uh, Back-to-back losses on the road against Arizona, uh, 5-2 on Friday. Jones back to struggling again. Devin Dubnik, you know what you get with him. Uh, He's just not reliable, Uh, and they lose 4-0 in the rematch with Dubnik and Nett. Uh, you know, they didn't get any offense going two goals uh, in those two games. Uh, they spent too much time in the penalty box as well. They just were very undisciplined uh, and their power and their penalty kill was just uh, picked apart uh, by Arizona uh, in those two games. Uh, so we'll see if they can bounce back from that, but they're not playing the right team, uh, in my opinion, uh, to bounce back uh, here in this game tonight uh, against the uh, surging Uh, Minnesota Wild. Now, again, Minnesota has not been quite as good on the road, but like I said, a lot of the road losses were against upper tier, upper echelon uh, competition. That ain't the San Jose Sharks right now, but uh, give Minnesota credit. Uh, I'm seeing their offense, you know, play. I'm seeing their defense really tighten up as well uh, of late. We know Fiala and Kaprizov uh, and company have been uh, very, very good offensively for this team, but now they got the goaltending. The defense has been razor sharp, rock solid. Uh, in recent games as well to go with it. So uh, there's a lot to like with Minnesota. I'm going to have them in regulation here uh, at around minus 105. And I'm also going to like this game over the total a little bit. Funny thing about Minnesota, they're actually 11-7, and seven, uh, I believe it is, to the over uh, on the road. They've been a under machine at home this season, Minnesota, but they seem to open things up a little bit more uh, when they go on the road, uh, this wild team, uh, and get away a little bit from the – just you know, shut you down defensive uh, type of play that they often have on home ice. Uh, we've seen Minnesota actually, as I mentioned, yes, they've trended over the total uh, on the road this season. The total's only five and a half. We know San Jose is pretty much good to give up three, four, five goals minimum uh, in most games. Can you get a couple from San Jose at home where San Jose does seem to score a little bit better uh, and, and, and have a little bit more offense and uh, production scoring-wise when they play in the Shark Tank? as opposed to on the road. I think they could chip in some offense here in this game as well. So I, I do like the over here as well, uh, over five and a half, minus 125 uh, in this matchup tonight uh, between the Minnesota Wild and San Jose Sharks. So Minnesota in regulation, minus 105, and also Minnesota-San Jose over five and a half, uh, minus 125. All right, that is the Monday NHL card. Uh, for March 29th. Hope you enjoyed the analysis. Wish that Alex and Jimmy could have uh, joined me today, but uh, they're on the mend and they will be back later in the week for sure. Looking forward to having them back alongside me here for the Ice Guys show presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get to my best bet uh, for this Monday card, a reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. We've got March Madness uh, winding down, Final Four next weekend. Uh, but it's not too late to open up a DraftKings Sportsbook uh, account on the app and use that promo code. We've got NHL and NBA every day as the regular season comes down the home stretch. We've got, uh, obviously, at Major League Baseball starting Thursday with opening day. Uh, There's still a lot going on and plenty of reasons to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Do that. Sign up for an account. When you do, you'll get a deposit bonus, weekly specials, incentives. So download the app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN uh, with DraftKings. All right, good stuff. Um, We are ready for best bet time uh, here on this uh, Monday uh, edition of the show. Before I get to my best bet, Jimmy and Alex, because they were initially going to both be on today, but uh, Alex under the weather, Jimmy had uh, an appointment that uh, unfortunately they had to change it to 
time of the show. Uh, so, But they did have plays ready for this Monday card, which told me that they were ready to go. But unfortunately, circumstances uh, intervene and change the plans for them being on today. But they did send me some plays for tonight. Uh, here's Jimmy Murphy liking Edmonton plus 130. He's actually against me with Pittsburgh. Uh, he likes Pittsburgh puck line uh, minus one and a half. Uh, which you can get at plus 225 in that game. So Jimmy's liking the Penguins puck line against uh, the Islanders, and he's on Winnipeg uh, plus one, uh, Winnipeg, yeah, min uh, Winnipeg minus 105, we'll say, uh, the current price against Calgary. Uh, Alex B. Smith, uh, he has the Islanders Penguins over one and a half in the first period at minus 105. He is on Winnipeg uh, minus 105 against Calgary. And in Minnesota, San Jose, he is on Minnesota in regulation, minus 105. And he also likes the first period over one and a half, minus 115 uh, in that Minnesota-San Jose game. So there is your uh, plays for this Monday card from my uh, cohorts, uh, Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy. Uh, we'll hope to have them back later this week. All right, it is my uh, best bet for the Monday card. Time to unveil it uh, right now to end this show. Uh, my best bet, and hey, um, I needed a slump buster and for the best bets. The best bets have been kind of up and down for me lately. I mean, I've had some good cards, but unfortunately, I've had cards where I'm hitting 500 uh, or I'm having a winning card overall, but the best bet loses. That's happened quite a bit for me lately, and I was frustrated with that. I said I needed to shake it up yesterday. I liked New Jersey in the big underdog spot. They came through for me. New Jersey Devils plus 165 against Boston. Uh, on Sunday uh, to get the big plus price underdog best bet winner for me yesterday. That was great to see that. Uh, see if we can carry it over to tonight. I'm going right back to the very first game I talked about. New York Islanders, minus 105 in that range against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I love this team in this kind of spot. They're angry. They didn't play defensive hockey the way they're, they they normally do. That usually doesn't sit well with Barry Trotz's group. They're 8-4 and four this season in 12 games following a loss. They don't want to drop back-to-back -back games to Pittsburgh here, a team they're battling with for first in the division. And Pittsburgh's still a whole hell of a lot of banged up. Malkin out, Bluger out. Zucker may return tonight, but still, he hasn't played in a while. Uh, you've got a lot of injuries for this Pittsburgh team. And yeah, they beat the Islanders 6-3 with all those guys out. The Islanders will be better tonight. They'll be sharper. They'll be much tighter defensively tonight, and they're going to have a much tougher time, Pittsburgh, uh, getting their offense going uh, in this game tonight against a very motivated, focused Islanders team. A great bounce-back bet on spot for me with the Islanders, minus 105 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That'll be my best bet for Monday, March 29th. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, we're on YouTube live seven days a week. Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as Saturday and Sunday at noon Eastern Time, breaking down every game from an NHL betting perspective. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast providers. I'm Ian Cameron. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Monday night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times, 
We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.